if there's any time that we can carve out for ourselves to really dig deep into our craft, whatever that may be, and to get better in incremental steps and and kind of stack micro wins on a daily basis, that's the process that's going to help us, you know, emerge from this crisis as better people and better companies. Welcome to Stratfor's Pen and Sword podcast. I'm Fred Burton. Today I'm speaking with Darren K. Roberts. Roberts is the author of Call and Audible and the founding director of the Center for Sports Leadership and Innovation at the University of Texas. He is a man who has faced and created change at a lot of different levels. And he also has a lot to share at a time when everyone across the globe is facing massive change to their routines and living life in pretty much uncharted territories. Darren, welcome to the Stratfor podcast. Fred, thank you so much for having me. Oh, it's our honor. So you're a coach and a mentor, but your career all started in law school. Tell me more about that. Yes. Yeah, so Fred, you know, I had this um, this dream from when I was very small that I would be governor of Texas by age 40. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I turned 41 last November so. You know, obviously I took a wrong turn somewhere, but, uh, you know, that quest led me to the University of Texas and my dream school was Harvard Law School. Um, I applied. I didn't get accepted, didn't get rejected, but got the dreaded waitlist letter back. And, you know, that that really was one of those experiences that forced me to think about how badly I wanted this thing and whether or not I was going to go somewhere else or just continue to reapply. So I ended up reapplying four years in a row, got waitlisted four years. I I don't know if that's a record, but I would like to believe that. Um, (laughs) Finally got in. So I get into law school and, you know, unlike most of my classmates, I didn't hate the place. You know, most of the people there, I think, um, you know, law school is sort of one of those, you know, it's, it's hazing and it's Navy SEAL boot camp all in one. I actually enjoyed parts of it, but a good buddy of mine who was a football coach actually in Pflugerville um, said, hey, you've got some time this summer. Let's go to this football camp that I'm working at the University of South Carolina. And I thought I was just going to kind of go with him and hang out. And they needed a volunteer and I filled in for him. And that three-day experience coaching sixth graders convinced me that what I really wanted to do in life at that time was to become a football coach. That's an amazing story. Now, we watched some of your videos. You call them, this is not about football. Tell me about them. They really aren't. Yeah, you know, I think that um, I coached for seven years, coached with three NFL teams and, and one college team. And one of the major takeaways for me from that experience is that oftentimes athletes don't see the relevance of what they're doing in an athletic space to the outside world and in particular business. And so I tell, you know, I, I teach a class at the University of Texas called a game plan for winning at life. I teach it to every freshman athlete at the University of Texas, all sports each year. And one of the things that I tell them is that you are getting a mini MBA as an athlete at a major FBS institution. So you think about lessons like crisis management and effective communication and strategic planning. These are 
concepts that athletes have to put in place every single day in order to be good at their craft. And so I've made it a part of my mission to try to unearth these life and business lessons from what most people would just sort of um, observe as typical sports moments. Yeah, that's interesting. And I'm sure that the athletes find that uh, very valuable. They do. You know, first they kind of look at me, you know, you can imagine Fred, they're kind of like, you know, here's, here goes one of these professors sort of um, <laughs> trying to convince us, uh, uh, you know, convince us of something. But, you know, I tell them, I say, look, if you're down at halftime, let's say by 21 points, it doesn't matter what the, what the, what the sport is, you come into the locker room and what happens? Every unit on a team meets with each other. They start to plan what the strategy will be moving forward for the second half. And then you go out and you implement that plan. I said, look, this is this is uh, in no way different than what BP had to do during, you know, one of its major oil spills or what the airlines are having to do now in terms of pivot and change direction based on what's happening in the global markets. I mean, there really is a direct relevance between and, and a connection between sports and business and sports and life. And I think that the more that we as practitioners in the sports and education space, the more that we can preach that and then also illustrate those lessons, I think the better off our athletes will be. Yeah, good point. Now, your book, Call an Audible, has been described as a handbook for anyone who is planning their next transition in life, no matter what the change. Tell me a little bit about the book. So, you know, if I think about my life, it's a story of pivots and detours and, you know, walking in the cul-de-sacs. And, and um, I told you about my earlier dream of becoming a governor and overnight, you know, within the course of three days at that camp, that changed. And so I had to chart a strategy to get into the NFL and to really break into an environment that didn't care about my legal background. So, um, you know, I wrote 32 letters to all of the NFL teams. I get 31 rejections. So wow. the Patriots, the Dolphins, the Chargers, you name it. As soon as I would, would throw a letter into the mail, Fred, it would be um, a rejection letter coming back to me. And, and so finally, the last team, the Kansas City Chiefs, took a gamble on me and head coach Herman Edwards said, look, I've got a training camp internship for you. Um, here are the terms, no pay, no benefits, eight hour days. Wow. And I said, woo, you know, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I'm comparing that against some of the, the law firms that I was looking at in, in Houston and those, you know, the offers at the time, I think were 130,000, but I'll, I'll tell you this one story, Fred, um, my, Dean at the time was Elena Kagan. And I remember going to her office and saying, listen, I'm thinking about taking this NFL internship. And I told her about working the camp and she's kind of looked at me and she said, this is interesting. She said, well, here's what I want you to remember. When I hand your diploma to you next month, the one thing that you won't find on it is an expiration date. Huh. Said, if, if at any point you want to return to the law and practice, there's a pretty good chance 
that people will still be having legal issues when you make that decision. So I think you should go after the opportunity that is the most rare and the most unlikely to come back around. And so uh, my book really tells that story and then provides some strategy at the end of each chapter for people who are looking to pivot into new careers, sectors, um, or, or life goals that they may have. We'll get back to our conversation with Darren K. Roberts in just a moment, but I wanted to speak to you first about why I think Stratfor's content is an extraordinary opportunity in these times of drastic change. The coronavirus pandemic has affected every single aspect of government, business, life, and technology. How we, as individuals and societies, manage these risks has direct implications for the broader public interest. Individuals and businesses are turning to Stratfor and RAIN, for risk intelligence that cuts through the hype to focus on what they need to know, what to expect, and what to do. Because we deliver intelligence. With everything going on right now, it's time for intelligence. Please check us out. Podcast listeners can take advantage of a special subscription rate by checking out stratford.com slash podcast offer. That's stratford.com slash podcast offer. Thank you. Now, Darren, in this very iffy time for many people who've lost their jobs or they're on furlough or they're having to rethink their academic careers or other plans in, in light of our collective global shut-in, what might be some advice that you could share to help people that are struggling through this time period? So the first thing I would say is that, one, you know, none of us signed up for this in December of 2019. And, um, you know, I, I'm sure that none of these strategic plans for 2020 involved a global meltdown. And so I think the first thing that we have to just recognize is that the globe, you know, this is one of those interesting moments in the history of mankind where we are all in a similar position. You know, there is this this invisible enemy and we don't quite know how to fix it and to fix people who have it. And so we're all sort of in a similar position. And I know that there are inequities in terms of who's um, affected by this, but in general, we're all in the same place. The one thing I would say is that I also think that an opportunity or a moment like this provides an opportunity in terms of cover so if there were ever any delusional ideas, thoughts, innovations, pivots that you had in the back, you know, sort of in the crock pot of your mind and you thought, well, I'm not sure this is going to work. This is one of those time periods where no one is going to fault you for trying something new. So, you know, I, I coach uh, executives, I coach NFL players, and I'm constantly talking with them each week that around three points. One, the first thing we need to do is assess. So assess your situation, assess sort of the strengths and the weaknesses associated with your company, your startup, um, your family in all facets. And then two, adapt. So find some ways to adapt. And I've been, I've just been wowed and amazed at the way that some businesses, I'll use one example, um, K Woods Produce in Austin, Texas, before COVID-19, it was a B2B business. 
um, it was a wholesaler that would deliver produce to restaurants. So obviously the market for restaurants sort of falls out of the sky and K Woods has now pivoted and started to deliver boxes of produce to consumers. So my wife and I, we, we get a shipment each, each week. So it's gone from B to B to B to C. And that's the adaptation phase. So it would have been easy for the company to say, okay, let's, let's shutter our doors and try to sort of um, survive this thing. But I think we're seeing some really innovative and interesting pivots from companies and entrepreneurs um, who are finding ways to create value where previously, you know, that weren't previously contemplated in their business model. And then the final, the final step is just to advance. And by advance, I mean, just get the thing out there. So, you know, this is a time period where you don't have time for a focus group. You don't have time to gather too much data. The best data that you're going to get is from putting it into the marketplace and letting the market speak to you. So I think assess, adapt, and advance are three critical steps that we can all implement, whether on the personal or the business levels, in order to to get through this time. Yeah, that's very good advice, Darren, and it's very inspirational. Now, I would be remiss being a college and football fan (laughs) for not asking you a couple questions. One, you've coached at the highest levels. And for most people that are watching that on TV, that's something that you can't even imagine. What was it like to to be on the sidelines of an NFL football game? Yeah, Fred, great question. I remember my first NFL regular season game. It was uh, the Chiefs versus the Texans, I believe it was September 7th, 2007. And, you know, that setting and environment is unlike any other. So you have 53 men on each team. Only 46 of those men will be on the active roster. And you are playing, you know, I always tell people the, the, the 53rd man on a roster, that athlete is still in the 99.999, you know, percentile of, um, in terms of athleticism. And so you've got these, these players who are really good at their craft. And they're also going through an opponent who is equally as skilled. And that's one reason why you see, you know, the the margin of victory on average for the NFL historically is around five points. So, you know, we'll say give or take two field goals. Um, it, It is a level of competition unlike any that I've seen. And I think what a lot of people miss is oftentimes as fans, we sort of get fixated on the big plays, the big touchdown, the sacks, the interceptions. As a coach, you really get to see the minutia. So you get to see the the, the micro adjustments that coaches are main, making, that players are making, that may, uh, may get missed by onlookers. But the strategy at the granular level is so advanced. And, um, you know, I'll, I'll forever remember that environment as one that's, uh, that's taught me so much in terms of how to develop and implement my own personal strategies. Yeah, that's an amazing look. Now, 
Before we wrap up here, I got to ask you, Darren, who's the greatest athlete that you've seen on the football field? Oh, man. I'm going to put you on the spot. But oh, this is the, tough. Who was the greatest ath- all-around athlete? All-around? Oh, man. You, Fred, you, this is tough. This is tough. Okay. Well, I don't want to hedge and give you two, but I'm going to do it anyway, Fred. Okay, so we played the Patriots in the season opener of 08, and this was my first you know, personal exposure to Tom Brady. And for those of you who are listening who are or were Patriots fans, you know, I'm, I continue to keep you in my prayers because, um, you know, the best quarterback of all time has left you for Florida. But um, to watch Tom Brady during the pregame warmups, he has a pregame regimen unlike any other. And I've watched, I've been around some great quarterbacks and watched them in my seven years of coaching, both on my team and, and on the opposing sideline. To watch him go through this very meticulous set of exercises and throws and bodily movements to prime his body and mind for the competition. It was, it was evident to me just in watching him go through his pregame ritual why he's the greatest quarterback. I'm going to mention a second player, Calvin Johnson. You know, Calvin Johnson was 6'5", 238 pounds. Um, you know, out of the womb, he has sort of those initial endowments that would create a frame for a good player. And if there was ever any athlete who could just show up to the stadium Fred on a Sunday and 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 roll the ball out there and and be really good it would be him but the one thing that I I sort of watched him and he was on the Lions while I was there and so I could watch him intimately in the in the locker room every day before practice he would get to the practice field one hour early and he would take the plays that we were going to run during practice. And on his own, he would walk through each route, each block, each play on his own. Wow. Um, and this is a guy who, you know, he'll be a first. He, he retired a few years ago. He'll be a first ballot Hall of Famer. But it really, I think for me, what, what amazed me was that this is a guy who could just rest on his sort of um, height, weight, and speed. But the fact that he wanted to be elite pushed him to do the small, boring, inconvenient things that most of us won't do in order to create that separation. And you know, the thing about that, Darren, is those two examples you just cited, like Tom Brady and Calvin Johnson, are two individuals that are at the top of their craft and yet they're they are above that they're still working very hard to get better yeah i think that's just you know Fred. it's just um and i'm glad you asked that question because i just think it's so relevant to this period that we are in you know i know that there will be some people who emerge from the COVID 19 chaos um as better humans there are gonna be some companies that come out of this that are primed to do better than they than they did before COVID-19. And I think the separator will be 
those who are able to take this time to focus on the minor tweaks that can make the most exponential growth. And I know it's tough because, you know, right now you and I are talking downstairs, five kids are running through homeschool and uh, creating all sorts of havoc for my wife. And so I know that the the home environment can be difficult to, to sort of put this sort of system in place. But if there's any time that we can carve out for ourselves to really dig deep into our craft, whatever that may be, and to get better in incremental steps and, and kind of stack micro wins on a daily basis. I think that's, that's the process that's going to help us, you know, emerge from this crisis as better people and better companies. Well, Darren, uh, it's been a true pleasure. Likewise. Thank, thank you so much. Darren K. Roberts is the author of Call and Audible. You are good at what you do, man. That was a good conversation. Oh, my goodness. I You fired me up. I've got to get off my rear end now and do something, but I don't know what. <laughs> you were such a positive guy. My goodness. No, I appreciate it. You know, the one thing that I missed, you know, I think prior to COVID-19, some of us probably thought that self-care was a luxury, but this, this period has definitely reminded me that it's a necessity. So if, if there's any way that we can mix some self-care in there if only for five minutes of breathing that's something that's needed in a time like this yeah well said appreciate that thank you so much 